Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the 12th Man Rising Podcast, part of the Fansided Podcast Network. Here's your hosts, Lee Vowell and Todd Vandenberg. And we're podcasting. I'm Lee. Todd is with me. Todd. Happy Hi. You doing well? You doing good? You doing? doing okay. What? I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. Okay. So this is going to be a quiet episode because uh, children that I, I borrowed from the neighborhood. I don't know if they know they're gone, but they're sleeping. Um, no, that's not. That's weird. So anyway, yeah, we are uh, here. We're here for your, your listening pleasure, not your viewing pleasure. We don't do this on YouTube because that would be weird because neither of us are are uh, look well enough to uh, to be on the YouTube. The YouTube. Um, maybe you. Uh, Todd's more of an influencer, I think, in certain countries than than I am. Um, but um, like you did Lithuania. I just have the one. I think size you're up to like three. Size forty eight. Yeah, but that's my shoe size in Lithuania, so. I wonder what my shoe size would be in Lithuania. Let's look it up. Click, 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 click. Let's <laughs> spend 20 minutes doing that. <laughs> Wait, I'm I'm just an eight. Um, so um, <laughs> told you I was huge. <laughs> <laughs> dreams. So anyway, uh, NFL Combine is speaking of dreams. Uh, it was happening this week, still going on. Uh, ends what tomorrow, right? Officially ends tomorrow. Although, yep. um, you know, it's just the scrubs that are left. It's not like the, the quarterbacks are, are doing anything. It is weird how they stagnate. It's not weird. It's good how they stagnate it. Like, they start off one day, and then they kind of rotate everything. So we had the quarterbacks yesterday, yesterday being whatever day you're listening to this. The combine is forever. Um, it's like a, I don't know, Rod Stewart song or something. So, uh, but anyway, we had the quarterbacks yesterday. We had the defensive linemen. Um it is interesting. Of course, the Seahawks, Pete Carroll and John Schneider both spoke at the Combine uh, this week, and Pete Carroll threw it out there just to have fun probably with it. Um, or maybe not, but he threw it out there that, hey, yeah, maybe the Seahawks are open to drafting a quarterback at number five. I think that's a huge mistake. Yeah, um, I agree. But Gino's not signed yet, so what, what do you – I agree with you, although uh, Schneider did have a comment something along the lines of, you know, when you see like a generational talent and he didn't see, use, use that term, but I mean, basically that's what he's talking about. And you really, you're not going to have a chance at that kind of an athlete again. And does kind of think, well, okay, that kind of does make sense because hopefully they never draft that high again. Right. For at least 20 years. And you're talking about generational talent at quarterback. though. quarterback or just sticking at number five and drafting that quarterback. Oh. quarterback. He was Who talking about that, he was talking about quarterback. That's the thing, you know. C.J. Stroud had an awesome combine performance, and Anthony Richardson had an amazing physical workout, right? Physical the are there. Fiscally. Fiscally. He did yeah. his taxes there. Um, yeah. But Fis- fiscally, like you said, it's like, do they really need? Well, that's the thing. That's if you knew for a fact that one of these guys is the next Peyton Manning, is the next Joe Montana, you know, take your pick, the next Russell Wilson without being a prick, um, then, yeah, I would use my fifth pick on them. Even And I would sign Gino and give this guy two years to get ready. And, you know, if Gino performs like we expect he will, which I think he will be great, then maybe you trade Gino after one year. You know, there, there's things you can do, even if you have great talent at that same position. But you don't know that these guys are going to do that. You know, there's no guarantees that you're going to get a Peyton Manning or you're going to get a Ryan Leaf. You know, everybody thought that they were 
pretty close to equal. Um, most GMs thought that Manning was the better, but everybody said, oh, Ryan Leaf is like, it's 1A and 1B. And but because of his physical not attributes, not because of. Right, exactly. Exactly. And that's the mistake we fall into, right? That's, what the, exactly. that's, that's why the combine is kind of a lie in a right. lot of ways. And, that, and that's all we know. I mean, you can look at their record in, in college and you can look at how they act as people, of course, because that's really important. And the Seahawks are more than ever, they're big on character guys, which shows because the fact that they went with Gino, right? Um, but you don't know for a fact that that fifth guy, regardless of position, you don't know that he's going to be the guy. And when you already have a good answer at that position and you only need one, uh, obviously you need more than one quarterback, but you only need one guy who's like the guy who's going to get it done every time. Considering the position of need they have all over the roster, basically, other than tackle, uh, to me, no, you're not going to draft a quarterback. I don't know if that – okay, if I knew he's going to be the next Peyton Manning, yeah, I'm drafting him even though I'm signing Geno. But you don't know that. You just don't. So I'm not using the, the that fifth pick on the, that position. Uh, right. If you didn't have Geno or if you plan on moving on from Geno, but they don't appear to have that at all. They don't appear that they're going to move on at all from Geno. So it doesn't make sense to spend that. That high a pick. That's the highest they've picked in what nine? Decades. <laughs> Seems like that. Well, they they haven't picked that number five since Carol or Schneider have been here. So yeah, because um, so. they they picked uh, their highest pick was um, not Jermaine Effetti. Was the other other offensive lineman who I can't can't remember, um, but uh, who ended up? Oh, Russell Okun. Who ended yeah. up was pretty good, but yeah, I I I agree. I don't. I, they shouldn't. Here's here is my Anthony Richardson. Is, we all knew was going to be a freak physically at the combine, right? right. And so his he's going to rise up a bunch of charts. He's not going to be there around uh, pick twenty. If that's what happens. No, absolutely not. I, what I'm interested in is if Seattle trades back to say number nine. So I, I think we'll see some trades in the top five. I don't think it'll stick. I think team quarterback need teams are going to trade up. Will Levis is going to be taken. Anthony Richardson could be taken. I have a feeling that Levis will be taken before Richardson. I don't know why I feel that way. I think it's just because people see him more as NFL ready than Richardson. Yeah. So I think we'll have, you know, Stroud. Oh, I think you're right. I don't yes. think he is actually, but I think you're right. No, I agree. I don't think he. I, that, mentally, uh, he's not. I think Richardson's probably anyway. But um. Yeah. And nothing against Will Levis. We've just seen him play, and, and he makes horrible decisions. So yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't draft him. But I, I think it's going to be Stroud and and Young and Levis, and then it'll be Richardson. And if you think he's going to be around at pick nine, and the Panthers definitely want to move up to your pick to draft. Will Levis, for instance, because I think Stroud and Young are going to be gone by pick five. Then maybe you do think, depending on what you're able to pick up with that number nine. Say if you get number nine pick and then you get a high second round. So you still got two first rounders and then you, now you've got, what, four possible second rounders. Then maybe maybe you take Richardson because you're then feeling should still get quality, but you're feeling positions of need. And maybe they get the guy from Clemson at number 20, the, the defensive tackle. I mean, I, that would be okay, you know, but it's just, again, like you said, you just never know. I, I, I see, I've heard a lot of like, well, Josh Allen had these stats at Wyoming, and he's basically the same kind of physical, got the physical attributes that Anthony Richardson does, but Richardson played in the SEC, which is a lot tougher conference. And right. if he... The, stats are comparable and the physical attributes are comparable, then maybe Richardson becomes the next Josh Allen. But there's, I, but that's the thing. Maybe. Yeah. Well, even Josh Allen was a maybe, right? We didn't know he was. Yeah, just, of course. And he still has Josh Allen is not the perfect quarterback. He's not Patrick Mahomes. Right. Exactly. He still I might even take Joe game. Burrow over Allen at this point, just because of, Oh, I definitely would. Hard and no offense, no offense to Allen. Yeah. He's yeah. an excellent quarterback, but, but but a lot there of people say Allen, Allen's the second best. You know he's a, he's the second. Guy. I I don't think that's true. I would take Joe Burrow because he's yeah 
he's a winner. He's more of a winner even than Josh Allen so far, and he's technically had lesser talent around he's had, him. He's had a lot less. I mean, his receivers obviously are awesome, but I mean that offensive line. They were better this year, but come on, man. Still terrible. Yeah. <laughs> so hey, while while I'm thinking of it, since you're um, you're still a Dolphins guy. Byron Jones is probably going to be released. Yeah. Of course, he missed all of 2022, and he's flipped from the left side or from the right side to the left side when he went to Miami. Right. What, do, what do you think about him? I mean, if he's released, do the Seahawks even think about signing him? I don't know because I don't know exactly how injured he is. You know, he says he's still. I mean, I'm sure you know. He says he still can't run or jump after mm-hmm. having the surgery. So, I mean, if that's legitimate. Like, uh, no. Um, and you don't know how he's going to come back. It's like I would sign him, but on a heavily incentive laid contract, just like they did with Gino last year. You know, it's like give him something that's like, OK, we're glad you're on the team. But if you really show that you can lead this team, that you can really contribute, you're going to get a sweet contract. Yeah. To me, that's I mean, what I would he is do. 30. Um, and yeah. and like you said, you, you don't know really how injured he is and. He's not going to get suddenly a lot more youthful right. in, in year 31, 32 as a cornerback in the NFL. It's, when did he actually get hurt? Was it before? It was clearly he didn't play at all, but was it in the offseason or did he get hurt at the end of 2021? I don't remember when it was that he, that he was hurt. Because he was good with the Cowboys and then he flipped to the uh, – I mean, he didn't seem like he was ever that great with the Dolphins. No, he wasn't. And uh, – but, you know, the Dolphins' defense has been so out of sync uh, for a few years, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense because they've had, obviously, a good defensive coordinator. But I don't know. They just had issues. Now Vic Fangio's going there, which I initially was thought, oh, that's really cool. Except then when I saw that he he uh, did some – it wasn't pro bono, but he you know, stepped in, did some consultant work for the Eagles – for two weeks before the Super Bowl. And it's like, how did that work out? <laughs> yeah. I'm really shocked that Miami this, hasn't this tried to... This is how you don't cover receivers, boys. Do this. Like, <laughs> Thanks, Vic. In, only in the second half. That was his part. Yeah. Um, I, I'm really surprised <laughs> the Dolphins uh, haven't tried to go after this guy named Brian Flores for their DC position. He seems available. <laughs> he does. <laughs> he does, doesn't he? Oh um, but yeah, I mean, we, we do have free agency starting uh, legal tampering starts on the 13th. So just from when we're recording this eight days away from when you're listening to this, uh, it could be three years ago or it could be tomorrow. So uh, but I mean, it, you know, the, the Seahawks never make a splash. I, I wrote an article. I don't remember which player I mentioned, um, but and I want to get back to a combine issue, um, quote unquote issue in just a second but since we i started talking about byron jones and free agency i mentioned you know the seahawks making moves early in free agency and um someone tweeted rightfully so hey the seahawks have never done this why would, why would they start now I, I don't think they will the article wasn't like this is what they're definitely going to do because what the hell do i know i'm just a fan right but i think if the seahawks the Seahawks did some things differently, clearly, last offseason that they yes. had never done before. They they traded their quarterback. They released their Hall of Fame linebacker, who hopefully will return. They drafted and didn't trade down from pick time. So maybe they've kind of rethought how they can approach now aggressively this offseason. Maybe they do make some splashy free agent signings. So I, I get it. I, you know, writing an article and saying, hey, I was like, oh, just don't poo-poo it automatically. We don't know what they're going to do. They actually no. could they could go. There's going to be a lot of cap casualties probably coming up. Um, is Bobby Wagner a, a splashy free agent signing? I mean, he's splashier, I think, to 12 than he is to the he's, rest of the yeah, league. Yeah, exactly. In Seattle, that's a very splashy signing. But overall in the league, it's like, because is he still the best linebacker in the league? Mm. He's maybe. not Fred Warner anymore, but maybe not. Uh, you know, it's I even hate to say that, but <clears throat> you know, he's you can say he's no longer the best linebacker in the league, but is he still one of the best? No one can argue against that. Right, and, and he would be the best on the team. That's the thing. That's what matters. He would definitely be the best on the team. 
And again, just like we've talked about, you know, how the locker room, the locker room is important in every team, but the Seahawks really stress how important the locker room right. is. Uh, he would be a pretty good addition to the locker room. I don't think there'd be too many bad vibes. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm glad you said that, actually, thinking about the locker room, because it's Pete wants it to be that way, right? Whereas if you play for the Patriots, it's Bill Belichick is like, this is how their locker rooms run and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. But when you when you sign players for the Seahawks, they they have to fit in the locker room. I mean, we've seen some players who who came in who who didn't. And I think that was very disruptive. So I think that's a, a good point you made. I, I want to get back to the you wrote an article about this, the combine. There was an issue with Jalen Carter. And yeah. I don't know. So. There's there's so many facets to this. So Carter, if people don't know, you know, he was there was a, an accident that killed a Georgia player and his girlfriend. I think that was a girlfriend. Right. And and earlier and there was uh, they were racing another car where it turns out Jalen Carter was in the other car. He wasn't in the car where the people passed away. Right. So so he has been trying because of that, um, the racing, you know, because they were doing that, that led to the car crash for the right. other one. Um, and so Jalen Carter made a mistake. He didn't intentionally kill anyone. Is it going to hurt his draft stock? Eh, maybe one or two teams might be like, eh, I don't think it does. He's a young man. He made a mistake. Um, and I'm not saying what he did was right or, or wrong. Yeah. We've probably all done it and it ended up in, tragically in someone else's death. My issue isn't even beyond Carter is that how effed up it's college football where it's like he should have been suspended. Right. When that happened. That, I mean, that would have been the right thing to do while that investigation is going on. But instead it's like, who knew Jalen Carter was even driving the other vehicle? Yeah. Business as usual. And the reason in, in the article I wrote is like, go to 12 men rising.com and read it. And I, I want them the nickel. Um, the reason I would not, draft him is not the accident i've actually been in a similar situation except there was no accident but the fact that he left the scene of the accident came back an hour later and heck he was probably instructed to leave the the scene of the accident we need we need a lot more information like did he call 911 for example I don't know if he called 911 as like the authorities may I'm sure the authorities know right cuz they are the authorities they're 911 but I haven't seen that anywhere, any report of it. If he you know, me. you know what happened. He called. They have people who work for the football program, and that was his first call. He called somebody with the football program. He didn't call nine one one. If he called anybody, they called. that's the thing. I haven't heard that he's called anybody. I have no well, idea. We, that's if he did. the thing. We haven't heard anything because right. George just covered it up. They covered yeah. it up. Yeah. But as far as him, he left. Came back an hour later. Then told the cops is like he was a mile behind. Then he told them he was behind them, and then he said I was next to him. And they know they were going 104 miles an hour when they crashed, so they know he was racing. And he claims he's innocent of the charges. They're not charging him with vehicular homicide. They're charging him with racing. I don't know what the exact thing, but one of the quotes was racing that resulted in a crash. He was racing because he's going 104 miles an hour next to another car. That's kind of the definition of racing. And he was even just driving recklessly. I would say driving 104 miles an hour in some freaking county road is driving recklessly. And he says he's innocent of the charges. It's like, dude, I know everyone's going to say that. But just say, yeah, you know what? Like you just said, he's young. I made a mistake. Just say that, dude. Instead of... You know, and I'm sure, like you said, Georgia had a lot to do with it, right, with covering it up. But, dude, what, are you a robot? I, try to be a man kinda, and say, you I, know I'm what? I'm kind of are, right? right? The high, I, and, and I'm not I'm not standing up for him because oh, know, he shouldn't have been doing that. But they kind of are robots because they're, that's how they're, that's yeah. how they're, what they're, they're told everything what to do. And, and, and so I'm leading to the point I'm leading to is the fact that they are told what to do when they're in a college football program. And they're one of the key uh, football players in that program. Hell, that starts in middle school for some of these. Guys. Oh, for sure. For sure. But they're they are trained. And well, that actually helps. So they go because of middle school, high school, college mm-hmm. there. You're, this is what you're going to do. 
in in the NFL, you're then a grown man. So you are kind of told what to do, but there's only so much a coach can tell you what to do. So it does make you wonder, like, you know, in his position, I, and, I, and I'm, again, he's a kid still, but you still have to be aware enough of, I am Jalen Carter. If something happens here, that affects not just me, but lots of other people involved. And you have to be, you have to be more aware of that. And there are, there are kids out there. I mean, we both love tennis. And you've got Carlos Alcaraz, who's, you know, was the number one player in the world last year. And he's a 19-year-old kid. But he doesn't act like a 19-year-old kid. He acts like he's a 30-year-old guy. And why does he do that? Because he's been taught as a human being, this is what goes into it. Right? Yep. And And they don't do that in college, but they should. And so he is a bit of a robot. But at the same time, that does make, if I'm an NFL team, he is super talented, but I still have to think, is he going to be able to make that transition between being a robot in middle school, high school, and college and being left to his own devices? I mean, Henry, Henry what, rugs, right? Yeah. That's what happened. You know, like we were saying before, the, the character has become a bigger issue and bigger issue for the Seahawks. And this guy, he might have an excellent character. And I'm not saying that facetiously. He might. He's like, clearly this was a mistake. But he got ticketed for speeding in September. 89 and a 45. Clearly he didn't listen. That's slow. <laughs> you Compared know, to how like, it was. You know, it's like, dude. And who races in SUVs anyway? I mean, they're, they're such great handling vehicles. It's like, what are you, an idiot? That's That's a question of his judgment is like yeah let me go in a jeep and go 104 miles an hour see how that works for me well we do need to take a quick break this is brought to you by gmc suvs (laughs) i swear i mean everything about this just tells me he's an idiot and frankly i don't want an idiot on the team now again like i wrote and i'll say again right now there's so much and like you said there's so much we don't know you know if he called 911 immediately and left is like okay shouldn't have left but that's shouldn't have left right so much better because what happens if he didn't call 911 LaCroix who was driving the other vehicle who was on George's recruiting staff died at the hospital we don't know anything about when emergency service was notified we don't know when they showed up it's like if he didn't call and it took 10 minutes for someone to realize this accident happened if that, that would even be quick. Right. Because it's on some county road at 2.45 in the morning. Uh, I would say that that would have quite likely contributed to her death. Those are very different charges from reckless driving and racing. And obviously that's extreme conjecture on my part. I'm just saying if he didn't call. I assume he did. Because you think anybody in their right freaking mind would call. I, I swear, I, when this comes out, I bet he called somebody on the Georgia football program staff that he is told to call when things go south. Oh, I'm sure you're right. And then, then, and they turned around and called, which is like, okay, or yeah, hopefully that, they that would have been the delay of like maybe one minute, if that. Maybe. Like, and you know, and that's that's fine, and it's like you should have called nine one one and then called Georgia, but as long as you called someone and then they called, that changes the situation a lot but to me that's the big issue that's the thing we don't know and the odds that he didn't call anybody for an hour because that's the thing that bothers me is like he went back an hour later why did he go back an hour later because he picked up the phone an hour later and called the handlers in georgia and they said dude get your ass back there well no no my my fear is that he did what he was robotically told to do and called a georgia staffer that he's supposed to call yeah. And then they called someone else and then someone right. else called someone else. And by the time it got back to him, they were like, oh, you need to do this and go back and call blah, blah, blah. That's that's my fear. Yeah, well, Instead my re- of just calling 911. Yeah. But my fear is like he didn't call anybody for an hour. I, I, I yeah, I, that would you be know. bad. But I have a feeling he called. I, I, I bet I would hope so, comes but out. We don't we don't know. And I get why we don't know, because it's under investigation. Well, we get you know? We get the reason we don't know is because Georgia's covered up the whole thing. Hopefully, and that's the 
that's the the really difficult situation. This is the Jalen Carter show, by the way. That's the really difficult Well, I mean, because it relates to the Seahawks, because we've been yeah, talking, yeah. and we kind of jinxed it. We were like, oh, as long as no off-field stuff, blah, 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 blah. blah. <laughs> and, of course, it did. But, I mean, he would have been like, oh, Julian's number it five. Happens. They've got to take him. It happens every time in the draft. But, yeah, I mean, that's why, because, obviously, he would be a fantastic fit on the field for the Seahawks, because that's exactly what they need, what this guy can bring on the field. And, hopefully, he would be honest enough and – when he sits down with Pete and John, I don't know if he has. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I haven't seen I mean, There's been a lot of uh, well, I think that I think they've they hired talk. someone on the staff. Sorry to interrupt you. I think it's Pete, John, and Malik McDowell that he was interviewing with. Um. <laughs> yeah. You know, and that's that's the thing. Uh, going back to the whole character issue, not that Malik McDowell has, is, is a person of bad character, but he was a person of and bad, bad judgment. Is. Yeah, well, yeah, but at the least, you can definitely say he had poor judgment. Um, and obviously, they don't really want to risk their their highest draft pick in like since what Charlemagne on a, a guy who has uh, red flags. And, and regardless of how this turns out, Jalen Carter has red flags. Regardless, I mean. He's 21, speeding, okay. Obviously, you shouldn't do that, but that's not exactly a big yeah, deal. Yeah, the rest of it's bad. But if yeah. you get ticketed once and you do it again, I mean, come on. You're just stupid. Yeah, and when, and it, just bringing up the McDowell-Carter thing, again, it yeah. goes back to – and this is more of an interrogation or, a, or a saying how bad college football is in general. Mm-hmm. But um, when the Malik McDowell thing happened, it was like it took a little bit of time because the McDowell family was kind of covering up. The Seahawks were still like, eh. You're kind of on your own. I mean, that's that's what a a man has to do, and that's what you are when you join the NFL. If you're 21, you're over 18, you're a man. But if you're in college, it's a little bit different. Once you get to the NFL, you're kind of on your own. You have to make your own decisions, and your teammates will also tell you that. You're a grown man. If you have the right leadership in the locker room, which I think, you know, going back to that conversation, part of the conversation as far as who the Seahawks should sign— that that kind of helps, right? I mean, you have Doug Baldwin in your ear. Hey, blah 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 blah. But again, you're on your own. You make your own mistakes, and and it and you're right. I mean, it does worry me a little bit that it's like he he did this. I'll be interested to see if it ever really comes out, and surely it will through the court system, as far as what the breakdown was. But I think his court date is is it in May? Is that right? April, May, his first court date. Oh, have you hung up on me? You're gone. You've hung up on me. If you're oh, still there, I can't somehow there I muted myself and didn't even see that. Uh, the arraignment. I was like, Todd's is... so pissed at me for bringing up Georgia because <laughs> he is such a huge Georgia fan. He's not. But... The arraignment is two weeks before the draft, but that's just the arraignment. We're not going to find anything out. True. Oh. True. 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 So yeah, before we find anything out, it's going to be hell, probably. Uh, yeah, it could be. Yeah, seriously, right? So. Definitely could be. And that's the issue. Like they won't know anything until after the draft. Yeah. But, you know, they'll well, depending on what he tells them. But then they then there's the whole dilemma. It's like, do I trust this guy because he lied to the cops twice, and still may be lying. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, because he's doing what he's told. I don't think he's. Yeah. My guess is he doesn't know how to make his own decisions at this point. He's just still doing what he's told. Because he's not in the NFL yet. He's still right. a student. At the University of Georgia, he's still mm-hmm. part of that football program. I'm sure they are, because yeah. I mean their ass is on the line a little bit too, right? I mean they're not. It's like you know, it's like okay. I mean things could come out about this if Kirby Smart knew, but we're not going to get into that because I really don't care about the University of Georgia football program other than they covered this up. Yeah. So, um, which is clear. I mean maybe Nick Saban would have done the same thing. Lane Kiffin probably was in the car um, on one of the cars. <laughs> You know, so anyway, um, I mean, it, it does say Coach Peterson, when he was with uh, Washington, one reason he stopped coaching is because he got tired of all the crap in college football, especially with the Ohio State situation. So I wonder if like he was the coach. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Coach, I wonder if, yeah, anyway, that's a whole, whole different ballgame. Yeah. And it's, 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 it doesn't matter. So, um, but anyway, yeah, there, I had, speaking of another Georgia player, Nolan Smith had a huge combine, but how much, how much stock do you put into a player who, he was good with Georgia, not great, but he was good with Georgia, but then he's like off the charts athletic ability at the combine. It's like, to me, I'm still, if you're playing in the SEC, I'm still taking into account play over what you do at the combine because yeah. in the SEC, you're playing against a whole bunch of future NFL players. If you're not like balls out and one of the best, then it's like when you get to the NFL, are you really going to be one of the best or what's going to change, you know? So, um, you know, I mean, I don't know you've, you're working I, either working or something or have an article coming out about the combine stuff yeah. but and i wrote about nolan smith already is an edge rusher and i think that he was one of my three choices um part of he missed a, a virtually half the season as a senior of injury right because of the college playoffs they played 15 games he only played in eight playoffs <laughs> well done um so that obviously impacted his stats is like was he the best Defender on Georgia? No, that was Stanley Carter. But, and, and you're right. You Heck, have even if you're the play. fifth best defender on Georgia, you're still like probably one e- of the exactly. best defenders on your NFL team. Exactly. And he was excellent as a junior while he was in the game. He was excellent as a senior. Like, part of it, too, is like, is it, a, is it a lack of effort? Because that's an issue. Or is it just the scheme? And that's kind of sometimes how things work out with all, the, like you said, with all those defenders. Do you have a chance to shine when there's three or four other guys who are just as good as you? So to me, I, th- I think his record in college is fine. I mean, it's not outstanding, but it's hard to shine in that that situation. So to me, I would like, yeah, the combine enhances what he did in college. But totally agree in general is like guys who just take off games in college – and I'll let you, okay, you can look at Vanderbilt because he took basically he took Vanderbilt off. He had no stats, literally no statistics against Vanderbilt, but they won fifty-five to nothing. <laughs> like uh, you know, which was unexpected. <laughs> I think the spread was eighty points. <laughs> yeah, seriously, they should have won by eighties. I mean, literally. But yeah, I can see how it might be kind of difficult to get up for Vandy. So I'm not really going to hold that against him. Overall, he was really good in college and looked excellent in the combine. So I think he would be, I would definitely take him, but yeah, it's like, do you look at how they perform athletically and in all these measurements in one day and weigh that more heavily than what they did for maybe four years in college? That's ridiculous. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, they need, uh, if Will Anderson is there at, Mr. Anderson, is there at uh, number <laughs> five? Then I, I think they, they got to take him, right? They but have if, to. They have to take him if, if he's there at five. If he's not, then I don't know. Trade no. back to number nine. I mean, I know people aren't going to like it. Like, oh, they're so excited back. about. Yeah, uh, people are but, so excited about pick five. But it's at the same time, it's like if you okay. are able to get another yeah. second round pick. I mean. I wouldn't trade out of the top ten, though. Oh, um, I would trade. I'd trade completely out of the the first draft. and second round, and then take three pickers. <laughs> That's what I would do. Because <laughs> you don't know what pickers is going to work out. I mean, you just never know. That's true. That's quite true. Yeah, I would go into the season with five kickers on my roster. I think about it. They're scoring more points than anybody else. Well, it's true, and especially and if you have five of them. Oh my god. That's five times. Say if you have a kicker that scores 100 points a season. That's right. That's five. That's five hundred points right there. Five hundred points right there. You don't even need a wide receiver. No, don't know. I mean, one of them could play the wide receiver and just put them. I mean, long snapper. One of them's long snapper. One of them's wide receiver. 
That would be a cool. Why don't they do that? Why don't they put in the rule? I mean, actually, this is the XFL should do that. When they attempt a field goal, it's like they, if you say you're outside of the 50, outside of the 50, that you can kick, but one of your own players can go down and catch it, like like rugby, and then they have to dunk it over the because DK Metcalf would be awesome. He has to catch it and then dunk it, and that's worth four points. You have yeah. to alley hoop it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but from a kick. Like, but from a kick. But, that's that's what I'm saying. That. You still have to. You can't just catch it and then dunk it. You have to like yeah, yeah. like Lorenzo Charles it. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. I'm mm. just saying Christopher Dunn would be my first. Mm. <laughs> the one person who's listening is like, what the hell is this crap? Um, <laughs> this is brought to you by the NC State Wolfpack. Um, <laughs> exactly. So, uh, yeah, well, next week we'll talk about the Oscars, so we're not going to mention a whole lot about that. Um, other than Michelle Yeoh was on uh, the Willie Geist thing. Excellent this morning, uh, answering questions. Uh, it, it, she was about half the size of Willie Geist, which makes sense. But um, she'd be anyway. like a third of the size, wouldn't she? Yeah, like a third. I don't of the know size. How tall she is? He's six four. How tall is she? She's got to be like five. She's five? two. She's two one. So yeah, she would be a third of the size. Two one. Okay. <laughs> Speaking of NC State, she's the Spud Webb of that. Uh, <laughs> the Spud Webb of the Oscars. Michelle Yeoh is uh, doesn't ever oh five four. So she's a foot shorter than than Willie guys. Yeah, and about seven hundred pounds lighter. Hey, you calling Willie fat? No. Willie ain't fat. She's slim. She's a slim. Willie slim. Willie slim. Did you see? It's interesting. You know, she said that, uh, and I didn't read the article because I just because I didn't have to because the gist of it was in the headline that she did not get a job for two years after doing the James Bond flick. I have no idea why. I'm guessing because it's like, well, we don't need another Asian chick in this movie because we don't have any anyway. I think that was it. Yeah, I think that's pretty much it. <laughs> I was like, what the hell, man? Is Jackie coming with you? If Jackie ain't coming with you, then you ain't in this film. <laughs> that was it, I'm sure. Yeah. Anyway. I uh, she yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think she would. I mean, she hasn't lost yet, right? As far as this season. It seems that way, right? Like, um, uh, I think Romania had their uh, film awards and she won too. That's right. I don't think they even watch movies in Romania. And she now watch a little the, Romania. Three, the three people who listen to the podcast in Romania will be like super busy. We got to start start talking a whole lot of Romanian stuff if there's three listeners. That's more than yeah, what we have in the United States. Well, it's not like Iceland. Iceland is huge. Yeah, yeah. It's Reykjavik, uh, uh, 12th Men Rising, 12th Men <laughs> Listening parties. They don't even know what we're talking about. They're like, oh, I mentioned hey. Iceland. And they said Reykjavik. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. It's a drinking, it's a drinking game. I don't think we right. talked about the Icelandic uh, society for a few shows. That makes me sad. That's right. Well, I think Greenland is own. They're not. They're not Iceland, right? They're uh, Norway. Aren't they Norway? Denmark. Denmark. They're Denmark. 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 Um, or possibly Mar-a-Lago has bought them. I'm not sure. Well, speaking of Iceland, I believe that you did mention Michelle Yeoh's uh, career. It really, though, exploded like a volcano after she did uh, Crouching Tiger. So um, <laughs> that's, that's the best I can do. So uh, we have anything else we're talking about? Or are we just going to go straight into the to the we're Rob go, Gordons? We're going to the Rob Gordons. And this time you announced the Gordons because you selected the category. The Rob Gordons this week, which uh, are top five of blah. Are our top five volcanoes on the west coast of North America? I'm going to start with mine. Chile is full of them, but my favorite. No, I'm just kidding. So, Rob Gordon's. <laughs> That's next week. <laughs> the one with the most personality. Oh my who god! Just keep saying no. Um, it's but anyway, uh, top five uh, or top five, our five favorite top five, whatever uh, sports memorabilia that we would like to have, and I, I think. Both of us would probably agree that if we had this memorabilia, then yes. we wouldn't actually sell it. We would just want to keep it because it's so oh, important no. to us. Yeah, I would not sell it. Okay. Oh, yeah, okay. I thought you were saying, hell no, you would sell it. Oh, hell no. Oh, I had uh, three of them, and I sold them already. That's How do you think I afforded the laptop right. to our show? How do you think all those Chilean volcanoes are exploding? $27 um, at Goodwill. That's what I paid for this bad boy. Cash money. Cash yep. money. 
$9 each for those fine items that I got. Yeah, these are dream items. So it's like, this would be fantastic if you could have this, not just, you know. Well, so uh, I guess I'll go. What are we doing? We, we come up with it, we announce I go first. it, and then the I other go person first goes first. Then, okay. then, yeah, yeah. So, and again, as always, in no particular order. So, oh, um, so we should apologize. Just announced how the sausage got made on the podcast for those listening. Like, oh, no, they come That was my Catherine O'Hara from like uh, Christopher Guest films. <laughs> Any Christopher Guest film. <laughs> Oh, and, and she's in. She's in and all and of them, right? And any, yeah, and any Catherine O'Hara performance, exactly. As right. um, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, is she nominated? She is. Yes, 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 I yes. really hope her husband shows up. That would be probably one of my favorite moments of the Oscars. <laughs> he doesn't go. He doesn't seem to go. And we're talking about Christopher Guest. He doesn't seem to go to a lot of the award ceremonies. I've noticed. I don't know. I think he's ever gone. And why would he? Because he's never going to win. Because his movies are too smart. He's got to he's got to do the for your consideration part of the. <laughs> yeah, they should do that. For some every reason year. you got soft. That's what she said. But I mean, for some reason. Really. Yeah, quiet. Really. really? Yeah. Quiet. Yeah, you're getting quieter all the time, which is weird. What am I? What am I noise canceling? Uh, mouth. All right, so <laughs> my number my number one, and again, it's not number one. It's just the first one I will mention. Let me put it that way. The first thing I will mention. Oh, okay. Well, do do number five because I might actually have, I might actually have a number one on this. Oh, okay. Well, in that case, uh, number five for me, uh, the gloves that Cassius Clay won when he defeated Sonny Liston to become the world heavyweight champ, and then announced that his name is Muhammad Ali. That's that's so, really weird that you say number five is the gloves because my number five is going to be Livingstone Bramble. When he when he beat Boom Boom Mancini in 1984 to become the lightweight champion. You want Living you want Livingston Bramble? Yeah, I was a huge so uh, I was a on the lightweight uh, class. No, I mean, and, I, you want the person? That's what I'm saying. You want the person? Oh, the gloves. Oh, okay. You know, you. He's still alive. <laughs> you said you want Livingston Bramble, and it's like, okay, I mean that'd be cool. I want him and his snake. I'm sure he'd be um, an awesome roommate. <laughs> um. It's like, yeah, hey, you can yeah. have me, but you got to call me Ross I now. No, I had some. Anyway, yeah, I was a huge, yes. huge boxing fan in the, in the 80s and lightweights yeah. were. And, and my best friend at the time, Chris, um, was a huge uh, Edward, Edward Rosario fan. And he even like curled his hair at the front, just like Rosario. Oh, like, that's funny. Yeah. But yeah, number. I just started to jump in, but it was weird that you started with the boxing one. And not, my fifth one was a boxing one. That is funny. Let me say, yeah, you are a huge Livingstone Bramble, Bramble when he fought when he fought Cassius Clay. <laughs> that would be a interesting fight, fight for a little while. <laughs> kind of be like the John Jones fight last night. Um, <laughs> anyway, yes. So I've got Muhammad Ali's gloves when he first won the title. You have Livingstone Bramble, who not quite the rank fighter that Muhammad Ali was, but then again, who is? Bramble was an awesome fighter for sure. Yeah, it was at the beginning until he lost like. 50,000. I think his career is like 40 and 26 now. Oh, God. But he, last time he fought was 2003. I mean, he's not, he's not, he's like in his 60s, I think. He's, he still probably would fight. Who's that? Uh, he's not, so, um, he's, so he's coasting. Yeah, he's, I think his next fight is George Foreman. I was just going to say, George Foreman, man. That'd be <laughs> awesome. Uh, Bramble might be close to that weight class now. I have no idea if he's been keeping in shape or not. Uh, anyway. He's fighting uh, one of the Furies. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to go to number four, and again, mine aren't really in any particular order. But for the sake of structure, I'm going to go with the racing flats that Jesse Owens wore in the 1936 Olympics. They probably didn't call them racing flats then, so I'll just take his shoes. <laughs> um, that's so. Number four for me is also Jesse. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, number four. <laughs> I didn't actually make a list. I'm just vibing off what you just just uh, riffing on it. <laughs> number four for me would be uh, the Patrick Kane, the puck. Uh, not Patrick Kane himself made that mistake with uh, number five and got rightfully called out on it by calling my uh, Georgia football Georgia football program contact person. Uh, but number four for me is uh, Patrick Kane, the puck that he scored in overtime to beat the Flyers uh, 2010, which was the Blackhawks' first uh, Stanley Cup in 61, I think almost uh, 
40 years, over 40 years. Um, but anyway, yeah, that would be, yep, Patrick King. And I, I remember where I was and what I was doing. I was in, on vacation at the beach um, and, and watched it in overtime, and it was exciting. He did a little football move, a little juke. And then a little football, uh, but yeah, yeah, actually, uh, was, yeah, it, was yeah, it called yeah. a completion? No, it's funny because it actually looks like he's trying to juke the defender and like run around him. That's exactly what he did. And then the cool <laughs> thing was when he, so he he started off on left wing and he was trying to be his man, did a little juke, went around his man, and then the puck went in. It went right between when the five hole of of the goalie, and then Patrick Kane's like jumping up. But you can't see it on TV that he's the puck's actually gone in the net. And a lot of the players couldn't see that. So it That's looked crazy. just like he had gone insane all of a sudden. Like he was just jumping up and like, what the hell is happening with Patrick King? But then you realize, oh, the puck went in the net. That's that's it. They've won the Stanley Cup. It was pretty cool. Right. And then uh, Cassius Clay was there. <laughs> my, my number, what do we have to? Number three. Uh, my number three would be another glove, but in this case, baseball. The uh, glove. Oh, Cal- Gary Cal- Payton. Uh, yes, I would like to have Gary Payton as a roommate. That would be awesome. I was just thinking about Gary Payton the other day. I was like, oh, yeah, 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 because of the Seattle uh, Sports Award. Anyway. Uh, I'd like to have Gary Payton's talent, and I'd like to have Sean Kemp's uh, talent with the women. <laughs> uh, welcome to our last podcast. <laughs> It's Seattle-centric. Uh, <laughs> yes, it is Seattle-centric. This is not Seattle-centric. Uh, Cal Ripken's glove from game 2,131. I think that would be very cool. And there's he probably had 18 of them. Or probably, well, let's see. How many <laughs> could he possibly have? Uh, hopefully he had 27 gloves that he wore. It's like, you just like, hey, toss me a glove. There's another out. Uh, <laughs> That's funny. But, yeah, I, would, I think that would be very cool. Sorry for not being Seattle centric on that, but yes, I've been um, like yeah. the glove of one of the great shortstops ever, and the kind of Iron Man of baseball. Obviously, he's not really the Iron Man, even though Lou he Eric? has a negative game record. Exactly. I almost went with Lou Eric for something else, and I thought, nope, I'm not going to do that. Ozzy Osbourne. Um, that is I, one. Uh, That's my number one. One Back thing we you, haven't. Sir? One thing we yeah. haven't talked about is uh, the rule changes in baseball. Hmm. What are you thinking? We'll talk about next week. I'm thinking we'll talk about that next week. Next week's gonna be uh, it's gonna be full of Oscars. We're in the middle. We're in the middle full of Oscar. Yeah, from Arrested Development. Um, <laughs> so, uh, uh, we'll see. number three for me. Let me. Uh, what do I want to go? I guess I'll go with man. All my. Uh, to be honest, all my three could be one. Um, I'm gonna go. Number three for me is John McEnroe's racket when he won the 1981 Wimbledon against Bjorn, Bjorn Borg. That's that's very interesting because my, my, my number two is seriously Bjorn Borg's racket from 1980 Wimbledon when he beat McEnroe. That's funny. <laughs> that's hilarious. I, I think yeah. it's uh, wrong of you to take a Swede over an American, um, especially a Swede who just is such a horrible human being. Yeah, exactly. Um, he's, he's a scum, scum of the earth. Do you see where uh, McEnroe and Borg are doing? Are the captains for the um, for the the cup this year? They're going to be the captains again. Oh my god, that's incredible! Stanley Cup, yeah, it's crazy. No, (laughs) for yeah, so McEnroe's going to have awesome. Yeah, he's going to be the. I I guess I I can't remember if Canada is. I think I can't remember if it's North America in the world or if it's just the United States. But yeah, it's they've done it before. But yeah, I saw that earlier or last week where they were going to be the captains again, which is always, always, it's always, they do a good job with it. But then when it gets into, I mean, Borg is, he is what he is, you know, I mean, he's a lot more like cerebral. Um, and, but McEnroe's always out there. He's also a smart dude, but he's gets a lot more passionate, you know, on the court. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Borg has opened up a lot since his playing days though. Oh my gosh. You know, the robotic Swede. And, Which he never was, yeah, exactly. really. But like, and he wasn't, but he just like kept it. He just had to keep himself calm because, and we knew this beforehand because we have talked to these guys, and you know they would come by and hang out with us and say, "Hey, this is how it really was." Yeah, the movie board. Stefan Edberg. McEnroe was really, <laughs> really good. But Borg actually had a worse temper than McEnroe. 
and he was almost going to be out of tennis because of it. And then he finally yeah. realized, okay, he's like, dude, I got to chill. Yeah. But he, he just tamped it down so much, he appeared to have like zero emotion, which is crazy. Yeah. But uh, yeah, he's definitely much more capable of showing emotion. He's he's no longer a 1950s male from the United States. Um, anyway. Yeah. Uh, what are we, number, number two. was that number two? That was my number two. Oh, no, okay. So, two. This is your number two. Number two for me is the Michael Jack Michael Jackson. <laughs> it's the glove. It's um, <laughs> Michael Jackson's glove. It was with the one hand that he didn't. Uh, so no, uh, number two for me. <laughs> what? Nothing. Moon dance. Um, it didn't moon dance. Moonwalk. Moon dance. Whatever it was. Moon dance is Van Morrison. Sorry, moon Van. Da- moon dance. My number one is Van Morrison. That's right. As a, as a roommate. He's gonna, he's gonna hang out with Gary Payton. Who's gonna hang out with you in Livingston Bramble? Oh, I really got I a number got two. a feeling if Van Morrison and Michael Jackson ever lived together, Van would probably have killed Michael Jackson. But number two for me is uh, is Michael Jordan's jersey that he wore when he made the shot to to uh, propel North Carolina to the national collegiate championship basketball game of 1982 when they beat the Hoyas of Georgetown. Talentless teams both. It was just Jordan yes. and a bunch of scrubs with like James James Worthy and Sam Perkins and uh, Sleepy Floyd and and some guy named Ewing on the other. I mean, was, that's a, that's yeah. the thing I missed about college basketball is that the teams the, there's oh, yeah. still talent obviously, but they stuck <laughs> yeah. around for three or four years. And Jordan left after his junior year, but three or four years and just you had these super teams, but they were all, a bunch of them were super teams. Yeah, you basically can't root for. I mean, you can root for the schools, but you almost can't even root for the that individual team because that individual team is going to be eighty percent different next year. You know. It's yeah. Just the Univers- I don't know how anybody's a Kentucky basketball fan. It's just like <laughs> I don't. Yeah. I, I, I was watching. I think it was the the All Star game. Uh, or I wasn't watching it, but I was looking at the rosters for it, and it was like, oh, these two guys are blah blah blah. Oh no no no! It was the. Um, the basketball game last week that ended up what 176 175 or something like yeah, that yeah yeah clippers and i was like who who are these scores and i was like oh that guy played at kentucky never heard of that guy that guy played at kentucky never yeah. heard of that guy to me yeah. that's not good no and you live in sec country if anybody <laughs> would have heard of them so yeah yep. pretty crazy i have a funny feeling that our number ones might be the same and you know clearly they might not be uh, no no surprise but uh, the will, the wills from from that Formula One racer. Yes. Uh, Schumacher. <laughs> yes. Michael Schumacher. Oh his my God! Wheel. Do I actually know a Formula One his, racer? His, wheel, his, wheel, wheel. his wheels or his will his wheels. from from his when? Wheels. His wheels. <laughs> yeah, his wheels. I'm going. His, I'm his going cool back to Papa Bill. Cool Papa. Why that would be pretty sweet. I am going back to uh, baseball, but not cool, Papa Bell. I would like the light switch that was in the room when he roomed with Satchel Page. That would be so cool. But anyway, uh, it was a it was a, a test. Didn't really work. Didn't work. It didn't work at all. Um, but that is a great story. Tell the story after you do your number one. My number one is a baseball bat that Kirk Gibson Kirk Gibson wielded for the Los Angeles Dodgers in game one of the 1988 World Series, in which he feebly swung the ball with basically two fingers and an ankle, and one of those was broken, and changed, uh, obviously changed the entire, not game one, so not like he is like, oh, he won the World Series with that bat, but Absolutely. Well, did he strike out? I, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> he did. It was sad. And he just fell to the dirt and cried for 15 minutes. Huh. But yeah, that would be my number one is to have that bat. That would be pretty sweet. The second thing I would rather have would be a, a vial of tears from Dennis Eckersley. <laughs> um, who ends up – Eckersley ended up – he was such a jerk, you know, it seemed like. But then he ended up seeming like a decent guy after his yeah. career. Which just goes to show when you're when you're watching someone on the field or or on the court or whatever, unless it's Nick Curios, they probably actually aren't like what they seem. They're they're probably actually not bad people. They're just competing at the time. I don't think Nick Curios is a bad person either. But he's done some he's done some stuff off the court. I know, but he's he has issues. He does. He he clearly has issues. I mean, he has some. 
I mean, some so, anger some, management issues. Yeah, some of the things he does is like I really think it's like he has no choice. It's like, dude, right. please. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. I mean, number, I, your number one, Nick Kyrgios is uh, <laughs> one of the sixteen Nick Kyrgios rackets that he used um, in that in the <laughs> first set that. against. No, <laughs> exactly. Um. Um. No, I, I thought you might go. I, I thought one of us, so I intentionally left that out, but I did end up with a Seahawks one. Nice, nice. Which is the football that Marshawn Lynch carried in the Beast <laughs> Quake Ooh. in the wild card game of 2010. Almost almost as a joke said, the jockstrap that Marshawn Lynch, because you know, he grabs grabs himself at the end. But no, I went with the football yeah. um, that he carried into the end zone to propel, propel, uh, the Seahawks to a 41-33 victory over the heavily favored New Orleans Saints with Sean Payton and Peyton Manning. I made that last part up. I was afraid you were going to say the football <laughs> that Marshawn Lynch did not carry across the goal line. <laughs> yeah, that crossed my mind too. Oh, yeah, just, yeah, uh, yeah. That would have been that would have just been to like take that safest. football and put it in the right hand. Um, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's quite a beautiful thing as well. Yeah. Quite a beautiful thing. Those are good. There's a ton of them. I mean, yeah, that's the thing. so like, many you could. You could do 50 probably. Yeah, it's kind of like the beers that we had last week. It's like, uh, you know, you could. Well, some of these would probably remain on the top five, but you could come up with yeah, yeah, yeah. two or three different ones every time you came up with this list. I like yours better. I like uh, personally, I would rather have Livingston Bramble like hang out with me. That'd be pretty sweet. I don't, no, I mean, ears are ears are all good. Um, <laughs> which is the I mean, there were. Well, okay, that is a stretch. Maybe not good. I mean, no, you, no. Here's you did the good. assignment, okay? Good. You had an easy bake oven, and it's like yeah, that looks like it's a maybe a cupcake, maybe a donut. Okay, you did good. You did the assignment. You're kind of like the South Carolina of the SEC. So I mean, it's you know, it's just. Please, I'm the Vanderbilt of the SEC in football. No, Vanderbilt is bad. I mean, that, you would have had to come up with a list. It wasn't even sports related. You would have been like, yeah. Oh, I can do that. What's your What's your sports memorabilia? Oh, it was the suit that Will Smith wore when he smacked Chris Rock on. Oh, that did you? Um, sweet Oscars memorabilia, right? That'd you, be nice. Did you see the, uh, the the welt on Chris Rock's face? Although there was no welt. No, I have not seen his uh, stand-up special on Netflix in which he addresses the Will Smith slap. Yeah, yeah, it's it's interesting. It's um, is it, is it funny or is it? Or is he, I, is he has he moved into the George Carlin phase of his career when he just bitches about shit for an hour? No, no, I didn't. I didn't watch. <laughs> I can't see Chris Rock doing that. But um, no, no, I um, I didn't. I've only seen highlights of it, mostly related to Will Smith or Jada Pink, Pinkett Smith. So he doesn't. He doesn't talk about GI Jane again, does he? Because that would be awesome. He doesn't, <laughs> but he says the whole reason, that, and basically one of the reasons he got smacked, or the biggest reason he got smacked was because Will Smith's wife was cheating on him. <laughs> I mean, he does, he's Chris Rock, you know? He basically... Well, can't say he's wrong. <laughs> yeah, can't say he's wrong. Yeah, that's the thing, you know? So, <clears throat> wow. Yep. That's no, awesome. but uh, Yeah, I'll... Um, I didn't watch it because it didn't start till 10, which is not Valley, but they had a pre and post show and the, there were so many other comedians ah. doing like Jerry Seinfeld was one of them who I, who I love. But it's like, I don't want to sit through a whole bunch. And then see, what, like, what did he say about Will Smith and Jada Pinkett? Smith? No, he, 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 <laughs> I, he wouldn't. Um, well, he wouldn't have said anything, but I do know. When they were, all when came they up were, talked about that. <laughs> well, when they were listing the people of comedians that were going to be there, I was like, I know Seinfeld because he and Chris Rock go back to when they started, yeah. right? They've always been good friends. In so, yeah, pretty much. Twins. Twins. Comedians from a different planet, era, time. Looking for a rhyme. Comed- you're looking for a rhyme with comedians? Yeah, like, you know, brothers from another mother kind of thing, but comedians from From a different median. (laughs) Next thing you're going to say is gash. Why are you the worst? 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.